Hey there, everybody. It is five o'clock Pacific Standard Time, and welcome to group coaching. Welcome to room one. And I will just kind of chit chat a little bit as we let people log in. Thank you for joining us. And if you have not done this before, we just ask that you um, post in the chat or post like you can raise your hand, post in the chat or raise your hand if there's anything you want coaching on. And then you can either rename yourself on your own or I'll do it for you because we wanna just keep your identity private. Um, so if anybody has anything that they would like to talk about today, please uh, go ahead and volunteer. And because I love to sound the sound of my own voice, I'll just keep talking. Um, I tried a new trick this weekend when I was on call. Uh, I had done some coaching with a with a one-on-one -on -one client and I was trying to kind of practice what I preach, I guess, and was really, really staying focused on being in the moment. So we were talking about what it's like to invent futures. Anyway, it's something that we all do, super common to invent futures. It's one of the things that we do when we're kind of living in that anxiety type emotion. And that can be something that's really common when you're on calls, just to be worried about all the stuff that you think is going to happen, how little sleep you're going to get, um, you know, how overwhelming it will be, how long it's going to feel, how long it'll take to be over with. And uh, for sure, every bad disaster that's going to come in the door while we're on call. I do it myself. And this time I practiced not doing that. It was an active process. I planned for it ahead of time and I actively kept myself in the moment by doing simple exercises, really, really easy. Just breathing, breathing in and out, reminding myself of kind of what my body was feeling at any given moment. And it was effortful, but not difficult, if that makes any sense. And my call was flipping busy looking back on it and not painful as it turns out. So I think that kind of strategy could be useful if anybody is having some call issues. Um, yeah, so that was three minutes of me blabbing on and on. So does anybody have anything they'd like to coach on today? If so, please raise your hand or go into the chat. Sorry about all the noise. Um, my office is above our garage and my husband is doing a lot of junk down there. So it's a lot of, a lot of noise right now. Anybody? Are there any topics people want to talk about? If you don't want coaching, is there anything that maybe isn't clear? Um, questions about the model? Really anything. Sometimes we don't feel like coaching. That's totally fine. Sometimes the effort that it takes to do it just seems like too much. And I get that. That's awesome. So if that's the case, um, we can just talk about anything really. Okay. Awesome. Somebody has raised her hand. So let me allow her to talk. Hi. 
Hi, good evening. Howdy, how are you? I'm good. Good. What's going on? So I haven't really, um, I've just, I've been worried about this and I haven't really put it into a model yet. Um, okay. I'm not sure if it's appropriate for a model. I'm sure everything is, I know, but I've been assigned a um, advanced practitioner, um, part-time advanced practitioner, which I've been asking for, for a long time. Um, actually asked for full-time, but I guess I need to be happy with what I get. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to best utilize this person. Um, and it, where she thinks she's doing what she should be doing. And sometimes there's like, we've actually worked together for several months now and it, it was an even smaller amount of time and it's been doubled, but still, still less than full time. Mm -hmm. um, and that she works with me and then in like a different clinic somewhere else. But I think it's just kind of working through how to best utilize. Okay. So there are some questions I have that might help us to understand kind of the rules of engagement here. Yeah. So if you could just tell us what, what did you imagine? Like, why did you want an NP in the first place? Like, what right. did you think that an MP was going to add or help you with? Well, I was hoping that um, a surgery that I do very frequently is um, is usually just one night and uh, the patient, I have OR time at the beginning of the week. And usually I do, I kind of load up that day with multiple of these operations. And then the next day they get some testing, they go home. Mm -hmm. So, um, and most people do great. It's but what happens is then the second day, I also have OR and um, for half a day, and then I have um, office in the afternoon and they're getting the testing and I'm trying to round in between OR cases and like the, what originally was happening for years, like the nurses would be calling me saying, hey, you haven't discharged so-and-so, let's, you know, like move them along on their, on their care pathway. And then, and then the patient, then the patient gets the antsy in there. So I was hoping that, um, this person could just like, kind of just manage all the floor stuff. And, and yes, I would go and, and round, but then I'd be like, I think this needs to be done. Check, check, check. And then once that's all done, they can go. Okay. So was that like the only thing or the primary thing or that's a You're big out. part of it. And then also, um, seeing follow-ups in the office and, and managing, I, my, I guess I was just hoping to establish somebody that's like an, an extension of me that can, mm -hmm. you know, answer the questions about how long does somebody need to be off work and, um, what they haven't pooped yet. What can they take? Yeah. Okay. And then obviously this person has their own expectations, right? But right. Yes. is, is there anything that's already set up in the job description that this person accepted? Well, 
I thought it, I thought it was pretty clear that that's, I, I didn't give very, like very distinct details, but basically I said, I, I need you to handle the floor work and I need you to do all these follow-up visits under my supervision. Okay. And is that like a part of the contract or, or what, like, was there any way that this other person acknowledged what um, the expectations were? I, well, I work for a big system. So I think the, I mean, it, it was, I, I think that the, it was advertised as working with me and part-time and then this other clinic that's related, but not the same and under okay. another, uh, an internist. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Well, it, it, the service line that uh, we provide, it's, um, it's a, it, it, yes, it, yes, it, it does work that way. I mean, it is um, associated. Oh, okay. So that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, they're the same. It, I'm not a transplant surgeon, but I would kind of think of it as like a, you know, you've got the surgeon doing all the, the, um, doing the operating change, you know, uh, transplanting the kidney, but then you have the nephrologist that. Oh, Okay, good. So thanks for the clarification. So then, then we think the job posting was actually advertising part-time for uh, another clinic where she would, he or she would be working with you and an internist. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so now we know that there's what you wanted. There's what the, what the job was advertised as. Yeah. And then there's what uh-huh. she probably wanted her expectations. Right. right? So now what is your interpretation of what she's actually doing? Um, my interpretation is, well, she's, she is, she does have enthusiasm, but a lot of times in, in the medical, like the medical record system we have has this new function for about a year called secure chat in, in Epic. And it's basically a integrated chatting system. And so like, all where it is, it is nicer because we're not, I'm not getting like text or phone calls all day. They're coming through these secure chats. But if the problem is if you're not sitting in front of Epic logged in, it's, it is a problem because you, you don't necessarily see it and, or we're operating. It's not safe. so the secure chats, um, about these patients continue to come to me, um, from like the nurses on the floor. And so I've kind of started adding her into them, um, but I'm still getting them all. And then um, now sometimes they will like start the secure chat and to her and then she'll add me and I'm like, well, wait, I don't, I only, I'm on a, on a need to know basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but have you talked to her about that? Well, I, I feel like I have, but obviously I must not have because last night she sent me a text that was like, uh, you seem very irritated at me because I, I, I did have like a particular event was, um, I, I wanted to get a consultant, uh, to see a patient. Um, and so I was rushing from the OR to the clinic and I, I, I texted her, I said, uh, room number, such and such and such and such, they can discharge. But, uh, this other patient, we need to get 
a consultant involved and um, and I think I said, can you can you call and question mark? And she responded, yes, I can consult. And so I thought it was taken care of. And so I actually took the patient to the OR and I asked the wife afterwards, it's like, has, did this consultant come by? And she's like, no. And I thought, okay, well, maybe they just haven't had a chance. And then the next morning I asked again and she said, no, they haven't come by. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I look and so then I ask her and she's like, oh no, I didn't call them. And I'm like, never mind. I'll just take care of it. <laughs> okay. So I, I guess maybe I haven't, obviously I haven't made my expectations very clear. Yeah. And this is not unusual when we have a new person that kind of joins an existing system, like you already have your way of doing things. And this person comes in and she's going to have her own expectations, but also, um, like it can be a little bit of a bumpy takeoff. I think, like, I don't think there's anything unusual about that, but Mm -hmm. the question I have for you is like, is it a problem or not? Like, is this something that you can handle talking to her about, or is this something that's like giving you some sort of you know, internal struggle, just even having to deal with it at all? Or like, like, why is it a problem? Cause it seems like normal to have a bumpy takeoff with a new person. Yeah. It, it's a problem because like what, so then she texted me last night, I don't know at about six or seven that obviously you're irritated with me or something like that. And, or I could tell you're irritated and it just, it kind of, it kind of like, I felt like it was accusatory, like, instead of like, you know, why I, I don't understand why you were irritated. Cause I actually didn't even say anything. Cause I was, I was irritated. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't answer it. Um, because, uh, you know, some, the, obviously things in text are get all skewed up. So. They do, they do, but I mean, she's not wrong. Right. Like, you are irritated with her. So I wonder yeah. if there that if that's the model that we work on, because it sounds like yeah. that's the pain point. So yeah. what if we put that as the C? She mm-hmm. texts you, um, you're irritated or yeah. whatever it is she said. Yes. Yes. And so what, okay. Yay. I love this. We're getting juicy, juicy. Uh, I love my yeah, whiteboard. Well, it's, she said, you seem irritated. I'm sorry. The consult situation did not go the way you wanted. Okay. I just, I, I, I kind of felt like, well, wait, it, it didn't go the way it should have gone. Not the way I wanted. It's the way it should be. <laughs> Okay. So hold on. The MP texts you, you seem irritated. Um, okay. Say that again. You seem irritated. And then she says, this, this, I am sorry that you the situation didn't go the way you wanted. The, did she say the consult situation? Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Didn't go the way you wanted. Okay. You're right. Stuff does get lost in text, but you obviously interpreted it at the time because 
you know, you didn't respond yeah. to her. So what, right. what did you think? When you got that uh, test, what did you think? Yes, I'm irritated. <laughs> I know it didn't go the way I wanted. You're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but like, okay, so if we then, um, oh, goodness, my fingers, come on now. If we say the action is don't respond, what feeling, what feeling caused you to not respond? Were you mad or, or irritated? Yeah, I was irritated. I was kind of ticked. I was like, of course it didn't go how it, it took, yeah. it, it's one that it was a delay in care and the, I ended up having to do it. And if I have to do it, then I might as well just do it. Okay. So do you think that was the thought that caused you to be ticked? Or do you think that was like the thought that you ruminated about in the action line or both? Mm -hmm. uh, the, um, I think the thought, well, it didn't really feel like it was an apology. <laughs> was my thought. Okay. This isn't really an apology. Yes. Okay. So this isn't really an apology. And then you're mad. And you, so you don't respond to her, but, but you're probably like ruminating about whatever you just said. Like, yes. Um, which can you say it again? Uh, that, uh, that yes, I'm ticked and I didn't really feel this was an apology. And, um, I didn't, if I have to do it myself, then this isn't helpful to me. Uh-huh. Like basically you aren't helpful. Right. Um, so really it's like, there's some judgment for her. Right. And I'm just going to put that like here and I'm not trying to be, um, accusatory or anything. This is just yeah. natural. This is totally natural. Like I want people to read my effing mind all the time. Like I it's always exactly want them right. to know exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I don't want to have to do the work to tell them what I want. I, I do this. So I'm not judging you. I'm saying this right. is what we do. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe you're right. Like maybe she's an idiot and she didn't follow your directions well, or maybe not. We don't know. But the point is, is that it sounds like there was like a text communication, which you said yourself, text communication like loses stuff. So we don't, oh, yeah. it's like, wasn't really a closed loop. Um, sometimes you get the magical unicorn where they just like know exactly what you need. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that happens all that often. But. No, and maybe not happening right now. But um, but I think this is going to be useful because if you want to keep this person and you want to like build a relationship with her, it's important to know yeah. what you're thinking about it now. So then, okay, so you don't respond to her and ruminate and blah, blah, blah. And so the result is like here, you're thinking this isn't really an apology but the result that you create is, is like, you're not really communicating either. Yeah. Still not communicating. 
Okay. Now, one of the things you started off with at the beginning of this was you said, I don't know how best to utilize this person. So what would you like to see? Like, or what, what would you desire? Well, I would like to see, I, um, for her to take ownership basically of the, of the, like the floor patients. Okay. I'm going to write that down and we're going to come back to that. Probably just ownership of, of all the patients, like co-ownership, like with me. Like be an extension of you? Yes. Like you said? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write that down because we're going to come back to that in just a second. But I wanted okay. to identify what your desire was so that we can go to this intentional model. Because first, I think it'll be helpful to deal with this annoying text, which I'm annoyed for you. So just don't, don't think that um, like <laughs> not in your corner here because I totally am. No, I know. <laughs> Um, okay. So she says, you seem irritated. I'm sorry. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. Now, if you could like rewind and have a do-over when that text comes through, how would you like to use this opportunity to communicate with her? Um, I guess I could have, and I guess I could have just immediately called um, and talked about it or say we can talk about it tomorrow. Okay, good. So set up, set up a time to talk about it. Okay, great. So that's an action. And for you to set up a time to talk with her to do that, how would you need to feel? Um, like I'm actually in charge of the situation. Yeah. Okay. So let's see, you would need to feel, I'll just put in charge. Yes. And then what would you need to think to feel in charge? Mm. that I am in charge. (laughs) Um, that, um, that she knows that, um, that I, I would have to think that, well, that would be an action. Um, we can put um, more actions. That's not a problem. Well, that, that I had shared enough information to allow her to do what I expect. Um, I just want to clarify. So if you, at the moment, like we're doing a rewind, you get this text. So you get this, the text comes through, like you seem irritated. I'm sorry. The consult situation didn't go the way you want it. Your default is this really isn't an apology, but if you could do it over and like get a different result, how would you want to think about it? Well, maybe the thought is, well, she, it's good that she realizes that 
it didn't go right because it didn't go right. Yeah. Like that's one option. It's good. She realizes. And at least she reached out. Yeah. Um, I mean, this happens in different forms for a lot of people in, you know, different contexts. And I think one of the things that I repeat for myself is, well, this is an opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so whatever it is, like if it's good, she realizes, then that's perfect. So that works for you. And then, um, whatever it takes for you to feel in charge. Does that help? Does it, it's good. She realizes, does that help you feel in charge? Yeah, I think so because she realized that it, that I was upset and then she's coming to me saying she realizes that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So she can come to you. Alrighty. So then you feel in charge and then that fuels your ability to set up a time to talk. And then you said one other action, but I didn't catch it. Uh, well, I would feel that I had shared or that I had shared enough information previously for what, like, I guess I'm also disappointed in myself. I must not be sharing enough information, must not be communicating well. So, uh, the, the action I would want is to feel like there was communication that was successful. Yeah. I call that closed loop communication. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that phrase from like um, ACLS oh, when, yeah. you, when you watch the videos? It's kind of funny how they emphasize it, um, but it's really true. And, and like when you watch cockpit videos or flight deck videos, um, it's really fascinating how they all communicate with one another because there's always a closed loop. There's always an acknowledgement, like when it really matters, there's always an acknowledgement of, you know, like heard, understood, acknowledged. Now with the text that you described how, cause didn't you just, did you text to her or, um, can you just tell us again what that was where you said this patient needs a consult? A yeah. consultant. Yeah, I think I had texted a, a few other directions that needed to occur on patients that in patients, and then that this certain patient needed um, a hospital's consult. Right, and then the response was, uh, it it wasn't she or it, it, I think she said I will consult. And I think I might've said um, a consult and a phone call to, to those, that team. And, and she answered, I will consult. So maybe right there, I should have also known that maybe she doesn't understand that what I'm saying, that it means, you know, put a consult in the medical record and we have to call and let them know what we're looking uh -huh. for. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So now like, as you replay it, you can see how perhaps, you know, there wasn't like a real clear, you know, it wasn't really clear what it is she was supposed to do, whether or not right. you were clear is one thing, but whether or not she understands it is another thing. 
And this is just kind of part and parcel of what it's like getting to work with somebody new. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of freaking work to be honest, yeah, right, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so then maybe like, just when you communicate, just like verify, she understands and that sort of thing, but all of that effort's going to pay off. Oh yes. So then the result here is, is you basically create a relationship where she's comfortable reaching out, where you're comfortable with open communication. Yeah. I'm going to say good communication and um, NP is comfortable coming to you. Okay. So that's the default model and the in intentional model for that particular circumstance. Now, circling back to your desire for her, like for her to be an extension of you, I just want to quickly see if we can do uh, an intentional model where we make that the result and then mm -hmm. see if we can build you a pathway to get that result. Okay. Yeah. I'll just put C I'll put the NP is in the circumstance and the result is NP is an extension of me. So what would you have to do to make the NP an extension of you? Communicate. Right. Like specifically, what would you need to communicate? Um, like how my brain works, like kind of like protocols, like mm -hmm. if this, then if we're going to, if, if there's this issue with a medical issue, then we need to consult the hospitals. We need to give them a phone call so they know what they're doing. They're right. not doing, but they know what I'm what I need them to look at. So they're not, so they have good, so we have good communication there too. Yeah. So communicate and basically like teach her protocols. Yeah. Um, I wonder about like, have you given thought about like figuring out what her strengths are and then trying to play up to her strengths? Yeah, that'd probably be good too. So we'll figure out. Um, so she's a nurse practitioner. Yeah. So that's good to know because nurses have a really different kind of frame of reference than us, but right. that can be really valuable, particularly rounding on inpatients. Yes. Um, so that might be an area where you can acknowledge her base, her base of knowledge and really play that up because there's going to be a lot that she'll see that we wouldn't necessarily see because just because of where she comes from, just educationally. Oh yeah. And where she worked before was a uh, very, yes. Uh, yes. Great. So that's good. That's really good to know. So then when you go to her and talk to her, it's not just a bunch of demands you're making. It's actually like when you acknowledge somebody else's strengths, it helps like, I don't know, kind of create a, uh, like a collaborative relationship. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. Um, okay. Anything else you, you would have to do to make her an extension of you? Anything about the secure chat? 
Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to do with that one. I, I probably just need to communicate that. Hey, this when these come. I don't. I might be able to like add her on as a as somebody to get those with me. Yeah. You know what? This might be another interesting area to ask her for her opinion, because it sounds like a lot of the secure chat questions are coming from floor nurses. Yeah. So if that's the case and she thinks if she has the ability to think like a floor nurse, then that also might be something that she could offer like an opinion on how best to manage those or reduce Mm -hmm. them or whatever. Okay. Just, just so long as that, whatever you guys decide is like really clear on what the protocol is going to be. Maybe create a protocol together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else you can think of? No, that's good. I think that'll definitely give me some thoughts of how I can uh, address this in a positive way and not just be upset. Because it really, if she's going to be an extension of you, she needs to be collaborating with you and you collaborating yeah. with her. And yeah. even though we have this like power differential as the surgeon and the NP, I mean, that's like probably a circumstance, right? But we don't have to act that way. Um, okay. So what feeling would you need to have to kind of like to do these actions, to communicate in this way, communicate the protocols? play to her strengths, create protocol for secure chat, et cetera. Well, actually, as we talk, I'm more excited (laughs) because I feel like maybe I'm going to get someplace. We're going to get someplace. I like excited. Excited is a very um, clean fuel. And so what would you need to think to feel excited about this? Um, this is going to be so helpful, this relationship. Oh, I love that adding relationship. Okay, so now we have it. This is a perfect example of how you can use the model to create a plan. So if you know what the result is that you want, you just put that in the R line. And then just ask yourself, okay, what steps need to occur? What do I have to physically do to get that result? And then Mm -hmm. you can just ask yourself, what feeling do I need to embody to be able to fuel those actions? Mm -hmm. And then you ask yourself, what do I need to think to feel that way? And then it can be your little map because, because we are human beings and we don't like live in an excited state. Like we don't live in that model all the time. We'll cert- most certainly drift back to the default model because that's just normal and what we do. But when you have this model, the plan outlined, you can just keep redirecting towards it so you don't get bogged down with the default. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Thank you for sharing that. So what's this last model? What is it called? What just a... Um, 
I don't have like a name a, for it. <laughs> like we got, we have an intentional, and then this would be like a um, okay. Well, this is just like another Desired. intentional model. It's like just another intentional model. Like usually we talk about the default model and the intentional model when we're keeping the circumstance the same, mm-hmm. and we're looking to see how we can learn or change the way we think about one particular circumstance. But mm-hmm. the model can be useful for any goal that you have. We can call it the goal model. Yeah, like a or the result yeah. model. We can just make it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank awesome. you very Thank much. You so much. My pleasure. All right. So let me stop the screen share and then see if we have anybody else who wants to join us. All right. I'm going to lower your hand, Femme. Now we have some other people on the call. That's in, oh, here we go. Yippee skippy. Thank you for volunteering. Oh, shoot. Nope. Ay, yay, yay. Sorry about that. Um, hang on just a second. It wasn't quick enough. <laughs> it was too clicky. Okay. I renamed you quickly, but I think when we um, promote, like when you allow to talk, I don't think it puts the name on the video. So I think we're still good. Uh, Okay, so there we go. You should be able to talk now. I just renamed you to Lovely. Did I do it? Okay, did that work? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just like really not. um, Oy vey. Can you try to talk lovely? Okay, I unmuted myself. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. That was serious technical panic. Okay. What's up? Okay. Um, So... I have something I'm trying to work through. So I'm about to negotiate a contract with my practice Mm because I'm coming on as a partner. Okay. Um, And I was in this situation once before um, at a practice that I probably should have left way before I did, but (laughs) pretty much in that last practice, like negotiations completely fell apart and I ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. And of course I have, I'm nervous about going into this next negotiation. Okay. So the feeling is nervous. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, do you have anything else that you can add with the thought download portion to help us understand why? Is it just because like things fell apart before or? So so previously a lot of where like, which is probably typical, a lot of it came down to like the final money part of it, you know, like um, deciding how compensation work because I felt like they weren't at my last practice that they weren't giving me a feel fair deal, which they actually weren't. And so I tried to negotiate with them. And instead of really negotiating, they just like, they said, we're just not going to renew your contract, you know? So because they didn't just accept flat out what they proposed. Um, so this time I'm nervous or scared to suggest, even though that's how negotiation is supposed to work because of my last uh, experience. 
you know. Okay. I gotcha. So, and so was there um, a difference in the practice model before? Like, was it an employed position or partnership or what? And they actually pretty similar. So they're, they're both private practices where you start out as an employee. And then if, if you, after a certain amount of years, you get to like partnership is offered. Does that make sense? It totally. Yeah. Okay. So you're negotiating your contract basically for partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And the other thing I just want to ask is like, is negotiating something that's commonly done with this or is it pretty much everybody gets the same deal or? Well, yeah, I think that's part of the problem. Like, well, they're both small practices. Mm-hmm. Each time I'm joining where there's three already there and I'll be the fourth, mm-hmm. you know? So, and each time it's like, they haven't brought someone on in a while. So things kind of need to be updated, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I got you. Things are kind of, you know, I work somewhere where it's hard to recruit physicians. So <laughs> Ooh, that will work in your favor. You okay. Know, so. so you feel nervous. What, yeah. what are you thinking about it? This is going to fall apart. Yeah. I'm afraid to ask for them to like update their methods because it might not be received well, you know, and I don't, and you know, cause it wasn't last time I did it. I just kind of um, paraphrased a little bit. I'm afraid to, ask, so I, the thought's like, I'm afraid to ask for what I want because I might not be, re- it might not be received well. Right. Okay. And you feel nervous. And so then what do you do? So then I wonder whether I should do it or not and approach my deadline without really coming up with a solid plan. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, don't, um, come up with plan. Anything else? Um, yeah. I mean, then I, I run the risk of, you know, not feeling like I wasn't treated fairly, I guess, or I don't know, something like that. Um, you run the risk So you like being like victimized by them or something? No, I guess I run the risk of regretting not taking this opportunity to renegotiate things. Okay. Gotcha. Risk the opportunity. Yeah. Okay. And are you worrying or you, do you have anything, are you ruminating or anything like that? A little bit, but less than I would have a year ago before I started coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) Worry a little. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that like feeling nervous about it and then like kind of being uncertain and wondering and not coming up with the plan is the biggest thing, right? Because if you come unprepared to the negotiating table, you're for sure not going to get what you want. Right. I don't even ask. Yeah. I don't want to go there nervous. I want to go there like confident and comfortable with whatever happened, you know? Yeah. So I think this result's pretty clear. Like you, you don't get what you want. Right. Okay. And, and I'm going to say, because you probably won't ask. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
So now how, how do you want to think or feel about it? If we can um, wave the magic wand. Yeah. So I want to, I want to feel comfortable asking about it, but also I want to make sure that I'm open-minded and if they don't change their ways, like I feel like, is that okay? Like, do I still want to sign on, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So what would that be? Like the feeling of confidence? Yeah, that's probably the biggest one. Okay. Confidence and like feeling that it's okay to ask for things for what I want and for things to be different, you know? Yeah. That sounds like your thought. It's okay for, it's okay to ask. Even though I'm the new guy on the block. (laughs) You know, it's really fascinating. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today about generational differences yeah, and about how older generations can only see all the negative things coming up of, from new generations. Mm-hmm. But, but the reality of it is there's so much growth and so much more that the newer generations do better than older generations that is just completely overlooked. And yeah. it, it was in the context of, um, you know, like our, I think we're pretty close in age. So like our um, our age and like really young people, mm-hmm. I don't even know what generation it is, but like people who are like in their early twenties now and how we all think they're a bunch of lazy putzes who really, you know, don't know how to work and blah, blah, blah. But the point was, was that no, like these are really incredibly smart, focused people. And, um, what you're talking about just kind of like being okay to ask for what you want and for things to be different. It's really important because there's so much that you have to offer as somebody who's newer than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a refresh, you know? Right. But yeah. And I think I can see the value in it. And so I think I need to, yeah, like focus those thoughts on that instead of just because it didn't work last time. <laughs> right. Because I mean, the truth of it is, is it might not work again or it might like, we right. don't know, but right. it definitely won't work if you don't come prepared. Right. <laughs> so, um, so if you're feeling confident, what would you do? Yeah, I would make sure I'm very clear on, on um, you know, the changes or the things that I want um, gather some, you know, data around it, but then also, um, I think, you know, being more curious and open-minded, you know, I've been listening to split the difference again. And he talks about like, we're so, we're we're so focused on what we want that we don't listen to the other, I forget the terms he used, but like, you don't need to listen to the other side too. Right. Kind of like what we were just talking about with the last person getting coached, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, whether it's a partner in business or a nurse practitioner or your husband or whatever, like we're always in relationship and isn't it going to be so much better if it's collaborative and the only way for it to be collaborative is if we have what's best for both parties in mind. Right. Yeah. So, um, I love that idea. Um, so what else, anything else that you would do? 
Um, yeah, I think, and I think having an idea of like why, why I might stay on, you know, of knowing why I might stay on, even if the changes aren't made, you know, sure. having an idea of why that would be worthwhile. Cause that would make me feel more comfortable going along with it. Or if they are made or not made, you know, either way. That's really important. Um, I was just coaching somebody before this on job stuff and there's this really cool exercise in the book um, stop physician burnout, I think is the name of it. I actually, um, really love this book in the beginning. I kind of fizzled out with it. It's written by a family practice doctor and it kind of misses the point on some gender issues, but that aside, there's this exercise in it about creating your ideal practice. Mm. And like, how do we even know what we want in our ideal practice? How do we know what to ask for? If you don't get very, very granular and clear on what it is you want. So, I actually did this exercise. It's um, maybe what I could do is like take some pictures of it and post it uh, on the room one Facebook page. And then anybody who wants to can do the exercise, but that I think could be a helpful exercise for you because inevitably, no matter where you go, there are going to be pros and cons, right? It's never going to be like all delicious every moment of the day. So for you to know, like what are, what's a deal breaker? Right. And what can you live with? Yes. Mm -hmm. That is very important because it could be that of like 25 things on your list, they're able to manage to get 15 things, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But then it's the 10 thing are the 10 things remaining. Like, can you live with those things and then really have your back on it and like not have to explain yourself and not have to beat yourself up about it. You know? Right. Yes. That would help a lot. I need to write it down. So I did that because I was going through this kind of pain not too long ago. And, um, like I took this assignment very seriously. So I'll just show you what I did. Okay. I made myself this little folder. I don't know if you can see it, but mm -hmm. it's called ideal orthopedic practice description. <laughs> <laughs> and then I answered all his questions. I did this on September 5th. And I wrote down all the questions and I answered them. And you can see, like, you get pretty granular with it. Yeah. And because I was really hot to like get out of my current practice, I just wanted to go do locums. I just knew something would be better if I didn't have to work so effing hard. Um, and then basically what I ended up learning is that I already have most of what I really, really want. Mm -hmm. And then it helped me identify the things that I'm not really super happy about. And it allowed me to open up a conversation with my group about it, which they received quite well. And now some changes are being made within our group that are going to benefit everybody with our call structure. Um, one of my partners who looks like he's about to crack because he's working at a really high pace for so long. He, he told our surgery schedule, Hey, I'm going to set my schedule up like McMichael. Cause um, I don't, I don't think I can handle this anymore. <laughs> So yeah. like, it makes a difference, right? Because I'm a, I'm younger than that guy and I'm coming mm -hmm. in showing a different way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just really think this is a cool little exercise to do. So, um, yeah, I'll take pictures of it and post it. Maybe you could, that could be helpful to you to figure that out for yourself. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, 
Yeah. So if you're able to be confident about it and be clear on what you want and don't want, and then have your own back through the whole process, then Mm -hmm. you will totally be able to go in and ask for what you want. Right. And do a a clear, um, you know, head about it. Right. And if you can have your own back through the process, which is, I think important, then, then it's not just about having the confidence for ask, asking for things to be different, but like being okay with the result, like being okay with it in within yourself either way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So getting clear on what I want first will help that a lot. For sure. Yeah. That's a good one. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I think we have somebody said something. Oh yeah. Somebody said, yes, please post that. I certainly will. I will post. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> well, cool. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with that? No, that was helpful. Oh, Thank you. Good. You're welcome. Alrighty. So let me stop share. I will disable talking. Does anybody else have anything they want to talk about in the last five minutes? Let's hang out here for a second. I found that exercise to be pretty eye-opening and exciting actually, because I was just so damn unhappy. And when I realized that the grass isn't really going to be greener anywhere else, and then I realized that what I currently have is actually pretty darn good. I just thought to myself, wow, I wasn't even able to see that stuff until I did the exercise. And then, um, being able to open up a kind of a more, um, open communication or collaboration with my partners has been really exciting because I kind of just assumed they thought I was lazy and didn't want to work as hard as everybody else, but that's not really how it was received at all. And in fact, you know, they're kind of like getting on board with maybe changing our call schedule to make it a little bit less heinous than it currently is. Um, I don't know. It could be good. All right, folks. Well, if anybody else has anything more to add, please do so. Otherwise we can just call it a night. I'm really grateful to Femme and Lovely for sharing their coaching issues because it really benefits everybody every time. So thank you for that. Going once, going twice. Oh yeah. So the way, so the way we do our call, I'll just quickly tell you this now is we have, we don't take a lot of call. We only take five nights per month, but we don't have a, a room the dead. So orthopedic trauma, we don't have a room for us the next day. And so we have to share it with everybody else that needs to add on cases. And it's really difficult because that room's usually taken with a bunch of other stuff. Um, And so also we're in private practice. So it's an eat what you kill model where anything that comes in when you're on call, you're still responsible for until it's done the next day. So if you don't have a spot to do your case, like you could be getting it done at midnight the next day, there's not a really good handoff. So what we're looking at doing is changing up from a 7am to 7am to doing 6pm to 6pm so that you come on call 
for us in our practice, most of the stuff happens after 6 p.m. So it comes, you come on at 6 p.m., then you're on call through that night and all through the next day until 6 p.m. And then you have the whole day free of clinical duties. So all you do is take care of call stuff during the day. Um, hopefully in January is how we're going to start doing that. And it's going to require people actually adjusting their clinical schedules to accommodate that. But so far we've got buy-in from everybody. I think they're all willing to do it. And then, um, hopefully, hopefully the OR is going to be giving us our own room for at least like four hours in the morning, because a lot of, I'm a pediatric orthopedic surgeon at a freestanding peds hospital. So a lot of what we do like kind of needs to be taken care of earlier in the day. Um, and that's that. So hopefully I'll, I'll report back, but that those changes are supposed to be coming in January. Um, all right. That takes us pretty much to six o'clock and I love you all. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. Thanks for tuning in.